Good morning. This is Angela Schaefers, the host of Your Story Matters. Today, I'm interviewing Janie Oliveira with the Braille Institute in Southern California, and she's going to be sharing some of the things that they do at the Braille Institute and some of the activities and different ways you can get involved and hopefully some stories of encouragement and inspiration. Welcome to the show, Janie. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm very happy that you were able and willing to share some information with us. And I know you are part of the Braille Institute. How long have you been with the Braille Institute? I've been with them uh, as a volunteer for about three years. Okay, great. Now, for those people who don't know what the Braille Institute is, can you tell them um, briefly what the Institute does and what they stand for? Yes. Um, actually, we, um, we're an institute that was established uh, the original one was in Los Angeles, California, and they're actually still in the original building. But in 1930, there was a cowboy from Montana that established um, the original one because he actually got shot in the eye, and he found out that things are not um, were not, at that time, convenient for people with um, vision loss. So he established it to, to help in all kinds of um, people with different types of vision loss. And um, Braille is for individuals with low vision to no vision, um, individuals with glaucoma, cataracts, as well as diabetic retinopathy and macular degeneration. Mm-hmm. So they offer, or we offer free classes and seminars and activities that stress um, not only um, things that help with their vision, but incorporate a healthy body, mind, and well-being or spirit also. Mm-hmm. So we provide um, transportation in many areas. We have classes in adaptive and living socially skills. We have low vision assessment with magnifiers and proper lighting for specific eye disease. And we have VISTAs, our stores, they're called VISTAs, V-I-S-T-A-S, which are open to the public that have adaptive tools and accessories for living with low vision. Mm-hmm. So, And do you have a facility there where people live there or they come to go to classes? or how? Describe the facility for me. Okay, most of the facilities are just um, you go into them for classes and for assistance, and the VISTAs are usually um, located within the um, institute itself in each one. And um, then they have classes there. And then the only um, thing I think where they ha- where they have uh, where you live there for a while is when they actually uh, train the they've already trained the the, the dogs you know mm-hmm. for the uh, service dogs and you go so they can train you. Okay. <laughs> after they've trained the dogs, so yeah, I think they go to a place where they. Um, Spend like a week living with the dog and, and getting to know the dog and and training the person to deal with the dog. So. Okay, so they actually the Braille Institute will connect you with the dog. Yes, if um, if you qualify for one, they have certain qualifications. Right, um, right. Okay. If you do, then they set you up with that. Now, does the Braille Institute help any age, or is it just limited to adults, or what is the age criteria? Oh no, it's um, it's any age. Um, uh, they have from uh, juvenile programs where they have infants and juveniles, and then teenagers, 
And then, um, of course, now we're going into the senior population boom with all the baby boomers. So um, we not only have the older, older people, <laughs> but we have the the people that are going into that um, their 60s, you know, their 50s and 60s that are having more vision loss as it, as they increase with age. So um, they have, um, you know, it's normal vision versus legal blindness. So mm-hmm. like 2020 vision is a standard for normal based on someone that can, you know, see clearly from 20 feet away. And 2200 is visible at 20 feet. So that should be clearly visible at 200 feet. But if their vision can't be corrected to 2200 plus, then they're considered legally blind. But legal blindness does not equal total blindness because mm-hmm. 90% of our people who are legally blind have some remaining vision. Oh, so okay. Mm-hmm. Actually, one in 10, I mean, nine out of 10 of our people um, have some sort of vision uh, still. They're not totally blind. Okay. And is I know that the Braille Institute is a nonprofit organization, is that correct? Yes, it is. Okay. It's totally um nonprofit. And so do it has been since they were established. Right, that's what I thought. Now do they take insurance or is everything run off of their funding from their nonprofit status? Um, as I as much as I know, I don't know everything about that side of it, but I've never um heard anything mentioned about insurance or anything mm-hmm. because everything's free. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's good for people to know if they have um, their them themselves or one of their family members, if they have issues, they can certainly contact the Braille Institute in their area and find out how to get some help or assistance. Right, right. Um, it's, it's actually available. Our services are available to uh, anyone that has any type of visual impairment. Um, the inability to read standard new newsprint or perform daily tasks such as driving, um, vision loss, you know, happens suddenly or over time. Mm-hmm. So it can take many different forms. And our visual impairment or vision loss affects far more people than is defined in functionality, you know, because it, it can take place through an accident or injury or more commonly can occur over gradually disease or disorder as part of aging, you know. So it takes different forms depending on the uh, eye coordination. How did you get involved with the um, organization, Janie? Why did you start volunteering there? Um, actually, my mom had, or has, <laughs> she has um, macular degeneration. And that is one of the, the uh, vision loss, you know, things that qualify you to go age-related macular degeneration, glaucoma, you know, cataracts, and um, diabetic retinopathy are some of the main main conditions that people go to Braille from, and then also from accidents and everything. But uh, as I was saying, my mom had macular degeneration, so as I was digging through resources to find to help her in her vision loss, um, a friend of hers told us about the mobile unit. There's mm-hmm. actually a mobile unit that goes around with the things from the Vista stores with the special um, tools and, and um, things that they can use. And so I was going to go that there and I um, called the Braille Institute to find out about it. And then I found out about the actual establishment. So 
they said we could come down and take a tour and everything. So that's what we did, and it's just it made a total difference in her life and mine both. Mm-hmm. So it's oh. a wonderful, wonderful place, and um, it's just like I said, it's just so much opportunity for. Uh, people with vision loss and and just like a happy place. <laughs> right, right. It gives them options that they probably never thought they would have options for or to, if you will. Right, exactly. That's great. And what do you do as a volunteer? What's your position or, or what exactly do you do with your volunteer time there? Um, well, there's several different things for volunteers to do. So I'm just like one in, in several hundred. But... Um, I actually teach several different classes down there for them, and but there's a place for there's a place for everybody, you know, mm-hmm. to volunteer um, and a position that needs to be filled. Mm-hmm. And it's almost totally volunteer. You know, they have a staff like um, I know at the Rancho Mirage when they were established in 1973. They have 22 staff members, but they have nearly 20. 200 volunteers, which are instructors and assistants. Mm-hmm. So um, with the classes and the training they provide there at that particular institution, they have about 340 um, each year, mm-hmm. each semester rather. And the clients trained each year is about 1,020. So they've got one volunteer to every three clients at the Rancho Mirage one. And um, we teach, we um we, uh, you know, they serve on the desks um, to answer the phone. Uh, they serve as uh, office assistants. You know, there's different variable um, activities and and jobs that they can assist with. Right. They assist in the, the library, you know, in the store and different things. But I particularly keep to the teaching part because I enjoy the, the real one-to-one interaction students down there right right okay that makes sense so that sounds like it's very fulfilling for you I beg your pardon it sounds like it's very fulfilling for you it is really really uh, I consider it like my shot of b12 in the arm oh wow uh-huh <laughs> because it's a it's a real boost I can be feeling kind of down or you know we go through the periods where we kind of feel sorry for ourselves or think we're so you know uh unappreciated or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, go down there and give of your time and I tell you what I get more from them than I could ever give them I think because, wow um, it's just there are no excuses um, can do attitude you know mm-hmm. and here you see the people in their various stages of, of age and and loss of sight and vision and and uh just because they have lost their sight, they sure haven't lost their vision. Right. If you know what I mean. That's a great they, saying. Uh, I love that. Yeah, they just, um, you know, this one little lady, she's, she's probably about 84, 87, something like that. And she travels. Every year she goes on a couple of vacations, you know. Her daughter travels with her, and they go all over the world. Mm-hmm. She went to Amsterdam this last year in Germany and Oh, then she comes back and shares with all of the other people, you know, and they're just so loving and and sharing and helpful to each other, and you know, to me, and um, they're just just a delight to be around. Um, 
I get a lot more from it than I give them, like I, I said. Right, right. That's awesome. And what was the program you were mentioning, Solutions in Sight? What is that about? Yes, um, I want to, we have a, uh, there's a couple of things I want to uh, call attention to. The mobile solutions van, like I said, is our outreach on wheels, mm-hmm. and it has a monthly schedule where it goes around and it provides the low vision rehabilitation services and the adaptive items from the Vista stores and the library services and everything. They have that. Then they have um, child development, which is infants to five years. They have youth services from six to 18. They have career services where, you know, they actually assist them in maybe finding a career if that's what they're looking for, preparing them for a career. Great. They have the Braille publishing services and the Braille um, challenge, of course, through the 1-800-Braille. And then the newest campaign we have is a public education campaign. It's called Solutions in Sight. Mm-hmm. And that's what um, I'm involved in as an ambassador for the Braille Institute. And it's aimed at uh, mainly older folks, but also people of any age who could benefit from our services because a lot of people don't know about our services. They, they think that... Um, you know, Braille is where you go to learn to read the dots, the raised dots. Right, right. Oh. <laughs> and everybody always asks me that, oh, do you, do you teach the, you know, reading of the Braille, the dots? I'm like, no, I don't. I, and they do teach that and mm-hmm. in um, both Spanish and English, but um, they teach, teach to read and write. But that's a very, a very minor part of the thing. Um, most people don't learn that now. And because, like I said, they're not totally blind, um, 90% of them. Right. So the Solutions in Sight campaign is about letting their families and friends and caregivers and others know that we're there if they need us. Mm-hmm. And that um, business and local organizations are helping to distribute the information at their establishments and through their websites. So we've created created a wealth of resources, materials, and events and classes at the regional centers and other activities where we're reaching out nationally with a new online community where we can share the information, experiences, and resources with people worldwide. Great. That's so, awesome. Yeah, and we want to let everybody know that, you know, it's we're there partnering with local businesses and organiz- organizations where we have free and um, it's free and available to anybody, and we have eight lifestyle areas that we focus on, you know, mm-hmm. so um, that, again, they can find more information on that on our website called solutionsinsight.org. Okay, great. And that and, uh, speaks specifically to that activity that's going on right now, that campaign, if you will. Right. It's okay. centered around eight of the key lifestyle areas. Mm-hmm. Um which is which are uh, kitchen confidence, which provides grocery shopping and kitchen organize, organizing and cooking tips. Uh, getting around town offers helpful tips for getting to and from the market, the pharmacy, the doctor's office, and you know places we need to go. Mm-hmm. And then staying connected promotes current events and correspondence, publications, computer literacy, and more. And then fun and fitness shows ways that they. Uh, proven to get in shape, stay in shape, and get the most out of life. Mm-hmm. And they have the business of living, which helps them organize their money, manage their finances, and 
other effective methods of taking care of business. And express yourself also shows ways to bring out one's inner artist, even if they've never indulged in their creative side. Mm -hmm. And they have looking good, which provides a wealth of handy, easy ways to look one's best. And Discover the World offers tools, tips, and resources for those who love to travel and explore the world. So those are the main areas that they focus on in the solutions in sight, which within each one of those, they have different classes you know, like the cooking classes or the life skills classes or um, how to deal with their money, different things like that that help Right. Them. That sounds like a great list of all the critical areas that one would definitely need help in or assistance or just relearning, if you will, if they've lost their sight or are losing their sight to deal with those main issues in life. Right, right. It really... Um, frees them up to be mobile and self-sufficient. I mean, I have people in classes, I'm just amazed at them because they um, they live alone, they do their own cooking, they do their own cleaning, they do their own laundry, and they match their clothes up better than most people that can see 2020 oh, wow. vision. That's great. And they're they're freshly starched and ironed and perfectly matched and coordinated and uh-huh. down to every detail. And it just, it's a delight to deal with these people, you know. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. What are, what's like one of the most heartfelt stories that you can recall from your three years as a volunteer, as far as I, it sounds like you've dealt with a lot of amazing people and, and have been encouraged and inspired yourself by what they do with their circumstance can you share with our listeners some story that's really touched your heart? Well, um, you know, I think a lot of people go and they think, um, which it is sad when people lose any part of their vision, or especially when they're totally blind. But I have uh, several students that um, are totally blind and have been from birth, and it's it's difficult you know, to kind of wrap your mind around what do they use for a reference. One of the classes I teach is um, like a, a memory class. Mm-hmm. And so I teach them different ways, new and creative ways, that they can use their memory and learn to, um, say, make a shopping list in their head because they can't write things down and make a list to refer to, you know. Right. Um, so. Uh, we have to teach them adaptive skills to do things. One of the things is the memory class, and it's a big hit. They love it. And I love to teach it because I learn something new from them all the time. One of my students in there has been totally blind from birth. Mm -hmm. So he has absolutely no point of reference, shall we say, as far as sighted people would see. Like, you know, if you hadn't been born... um, blind, you would have some sense of what a tree looks like or what a mountain looks like or, or, you know, different things like Mm -hmm. that. Well, one day after class, because he is like one of my straight A type students, Mm -hmm. you know, he's, we don't grade them, but just as a point of reference, he would be like an A plus student. Right, right. And uh, it's just a delight because um, he... I, I asked him, I said, how do you, he comes up with all these creative answers and everything on, on stuff and how to remember. And I said, I just want to, I didn't want to embarrass you, but I want to know how, if you've been blind from birth, 
what do you use as a point of reference, like how how you would describe an elephant, so to speak, you mm-hmm. know? How, how, if you've never seen one, he goes, well, because it's like a puzzle. Um, the people that can see around me, they'll tell me, you know, like an elephant has this long trunk sort of thing, or they're big, and they're, this is what they feel like. So he puts all of his other senses that he can gather together, feel, touch, smell, everything into replacing the sight until he can create a vision for himself, a picture of whatever the object is. And it's just awesome because you'd think he has to have seen it, you know. Right. But he's great. And then I I have another client who is actively involved in his community awareness thing mm-hmm. program where he has in a on a busy busy street where they it was very dangerous for people to cross both sighted and blind mm-hmm. and they had several blind people in the community there he was actually instrumental in going down to the city council several months and uh, ultimately getting them to put a crosswalk in and which has saved lives you know, wow. in that community and really served. And he's active in other parts of the community outreach there, too. Mm-hmm. And now he's turned around. He was very shy when I, I had him in his some of the early classes. And he was very shy and inhibited. But as, you know, you go through these classes, they get very confident. They get to know themselves and know how to deal with, you know, their um, environment. And then they get active and they get confident and... Um, so he now teaches the Braille in Spanish, mm-hmm. and uh, they have, like, music classes where they play guitar and violins and instruments, piano, and then they have, you know, groups that get up and sing and entertain. I mean, these people are so wonderful and so active that it's hard for me to look at people that have all of their senses about them, the mm-hmm. sight, vision, smell, that make excuses, oh, I can't do this, I can't do right. that. It's, you know, very hard to stomach yeah. someone like that. And I think that's important to point out. Of course, that's what my show is all about, Your Story Matters. It's about sharing those stories of encouragement and inspiration that hopefully will lift up others and hopefully help all of us to see that we could have it worse, that we could be more challenged and to just question what are we doing with our lives and with our time. And it sounds like this is something amazing that you've been doing with your time to volunteer and to be a part of their lives. And and just the opportunity, like you said, not only to be a blessing to them, but for them to be a blessing to you. To show you how wonderful the human spirit can be when it's ready and willing to do something about their situation. Instead of falling into that victim mode, if you will. Yeah, definitely, definitely. These people are not, I hate to keep referring to them as these people. I don't don't mean it uh, in a, putting them in a box or anything, because they are definitely out of the box thinkers, you know. Right, right. They are not going to be confined, and like I said, they they think there's nothing they can't do, ultimately. Right, right. So... And I know what you mean. They're just a subset of our population. So I know it's hard to define when you're referring to people who have that particular issue or illness or disease. So I totally understand what you're saying. But wow, they right. have, it sounds like there's definitely awesome things going on there on a regular basis. And that's very cool. 
Um, tell me, when people go there, is there also any opportunity or is there a referral if people come and they need like counseling? Because I know as a counselor myself and having dealt with people in the hospital setting, etc., it can be very depressing for people if whether they instantly lose their sight or gradually. How does the Braille Institute help with that side of it? They do have a, a counselor on site at every facility, which is their, which who is their, excuse me, who is their, um, um, all the time that they're open and mm-hmm. all the time that people are there on a you know a daily basis, and they have um, um, them available where they can do one-on-one counseling with them or group counseling, or if they. Um, a lot of times they need to counsel with the caretakers of the people, the family members. Right. And so it's there to serve all of their counseling needs. And um, the, they just, you know, they take their time. They, they're they not on a 50-minute hour. <laughs> right. You know, they take all the time the person needs, and they're aware of the specific issues that the these people with vision loss deal with every right. day, you know. Right. That's so great because I know that's an, that's an important component of it is dealing with the emotional part and the mental part of how to handle your situation, your challenge, if you will, and turn it into a good thing, a positive thing, like you said. Right, right. Now, I want to um, reiterate that um, Braille is built on volunteerism, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part. And so there's something for everyone there's a volunteer on site at, uh, you know, the regional center um, person that handles people that you can call and ask questions, you know, um, and see if it be something for you, you know. Right. Um, the volunteers are, they work as class instructors or assistants. They teach life skills. They teach enrichment classes. Um, they have a library team that helps patrons with books on tape and video selection, mm-hmm. and they help have people at the welcome desk. They actually have a girl at the, the welcome desk that works there as an office assistant. And she is so good that I talked to her for probably 20, 25 minutes one day about different things, and I didn't realize she's totally blind. Oh, wow. Like getting the forms I need and uh-huh. taking this and doing that and answering the phone and just, just like totally like the the regular person right <laughs> right that's awesome and I didn't even know she was blind somebody told me and I said oh my goodness I'm so sorry and she goes oh there's something to apologize for that's a compliment yeah I would think so too that's awesome I wanted to go back to what you mentioned when we were talking about the counseling um you said they can help with family members do all these things include the opportunity for caregivers and family members of someone with sight issues to be helped or go through the programs too? Um, as far as the counseling, yes, it's available for the caretakers or the family members that, that uh, deal with these people and and that um, maybe have questions or issues themselves or, or challenges in dealing with them. It's, it's available to them. It's available, of course, to all the uh, patrons that go there. And like I said, um, 90% of the people that go there still have some sort of uh, vision, so only right. 10% have total vision loss. It's available to all of them. Um, it's available to the volunteers, of course, because, you know, uh, you do sometimes have issues in, in 
adapting and overcoming certain challenges or certain issues you deal with. Um, and so it's available to everyone that's a patron of the center. Okay. Are any of the classes, though, geared towards caregivers or family members? Actually, the um, classes, they try to encourage the volunteers to take a, a couple of classes if they can in, say, the semester they're, they are not teaching or the days they're not teaching because you usually pick, like, um, you know, one or two days a week. You don't mm -hmm. go every day. Right. So usually it's, it's adapted around your time. So, but they, the classes are available if you want to take them for the volunteers that go. Um, as far as family members, I don't think they go to the classes, you know, unless they have um, a site, but I don't think that would definitely be a no, but we, it would be uh, first open to make sure that, you know, that it's available for the people that are, are site challenged. You know? Right. Okay. Okay. So again, if anyone wants to get more information, there's two websites, solutionsinsight.org and brailleinstitute.org, where you can find out more information about the campaign that's going on, about classes and locations and all kinds of good stuff. I went to both sites and they were packed with information, which was all good. And again, um, I think it's very important, like you said, Janie, which is what Solutions Inside is all about, is bringing awareness to our communities about what's available through the Braille Institute. And hopefully even just helping people to see that there's some incredible stories of hope and faith and inspiration in people who have lost their sight or are losing their sight and just overcoming their challenges every single day. I think that's awesome. Definitely. Uh, let me give you the, the phone number again. It's 1-800-BRAILLE, which is 1-800-272-4553 also. So at, at any of those things, the two websites you mentioned mm -hmm. and the phone number, they can get more information. That's on, great. Uh, volunteering or the programs that are available or locations or, or whatever. And, and I, I just want to mention one more quick little story about, um, you know, a lot of times we see people that are different than ourselves or um, have physical dis disabilities. Um, and also I want to make, make sure that uh, people with physical disabilities or uh, learning disabilities, these facilities are open to them also. To Great. Them. That's awesome. But, but um, we're, we're easy sometimes to just kind of push those people aside or not talk to them or mm -hmm. not, you know, try to bring them into activities or anything. It's easier just to um, ignore them and say, oh, well, I don't want to embarrass them or, oh, I don't know how to deal with them or whatever. Right. But, you know, I had a, a really particularly... Um, touching experience with one of my students in the class and uh, when he first came to my class I've had him in several classes now but when he first came to my class he was like that where he was kind of in a vegetative state you know mm -hmm. um, just by observing him uh, and he would sit with his head hanging down you'd think he was asleep even and just hunched over and everything and I, I thought to myself what is this man's story 
there's something in there that I want to find out what it is, you know. Thank you so much for sharing all this information. And again, I wish you the best and commend you for your volunteer time and your work with these people and just all that you've been doing. It's awesome. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Well, you're quite welcome. Thank you so much.